I can ask you anything. We can do anything. We can talk about anything. Hey, I mean, now that the tour announcement's out, <laughs> I hey. don't know what not to talk about. All right. Well, let's do this. Are you ready? Let's do this. All right. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Lone Wolf Podcast. I'm your host, Wolfson. And today we got a special guest in the building. And this guy, golly, I never thought I was ever going to get this guy over to the show. And I'm super happy to have it on the show, man. This guy is literally, literally killing the EDMC, mostly in the bass community, especially in the new genre that we're passing by, the future rhythm. He just released a, a track with Shards on his latest EP at the Disciple Records. He's released a couple of records. You guys know him. He is the one and only, the Net7 Lions, Skybreak. Let's go. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much. I, I wouldn't say I'm the next AU5. I think he's still about seven years ahead of everyone, but um, I'll, I'll take the compliment. Thank you. Hey, How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How, how's your life, man? How's everybody treating you, man? Um, very complicated. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, I've, I've done a semester at college. I've got finals next week. Really should be working on those, but whatever. Oh. Priorities, oh. am I right? Um, and, uh, yeah, and I'm not going to be here in two weeks because I'm going on tour. Oh! Oh, that's very strange. Let's <laughs> go. It, yeah. Let's go on tour. So oh, this is going to be your first tour. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the first show of the tour is my fourth show ever. So, whoa. Um, we kind of have speed ran the show front of my career, I guess. But um, yeah, pretty interesting stuff. Um, I don't know how ready I am for this, um, both mentally and physically, but I think it's going to I think it's going to be a good time. I'm excited to, you know, Blast my art out for some people. Absolutely. Even if it means, you know, I thought for 18 years, oh, I'm going to go to college for four years. And now it's like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do I want to finish college right now? I well, mean, the I mean, tour is coming, you know? I would ideally like to get a degree at some point because mm. as we may know, music, it ain't exactly the most financially secure field. Um, you can that. definitely make a lot of money in it, but uh, I just do want a bit of a backup option. Uh, that's but cool. obviously, you know, if, if it's a choice between, you know, playing the, some of the being blessed to play like some of the greatest venues in the United States yep. with, you know, dabbing and Roman silver and, you know, sitting in a dorm, <laughs> you know, which one, which one would you take? No, oh, absolutely. I'll take that opportunity in a heartbeat, man. Holy shit. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's got to be very exciting for you, man. I mean, you said it like it's your first tour ever and you're going on on your fourth show on the beginning of the tour, If I'm, as you said it, right? Yeah. So I've only ever played three shows before that first date. So it's like, that'll be the fourth. And mm-hmm. and you and you had any experience on DJ prior to this? Um. So I've my manager told me back in like December 2020, mm-hmm. you know, get a controller. I, I had a bit of experience. I, I played a bunch of crummy little, you know, food truck festivals and stuff where there was like <laughs> five people in the crowd in my hometown. It was like, well, what the hell's going on here? And I was a terrible DJ. Actually, I, I like to tell the story of my first DJ show uh, mm. since I was using a controller and not like a CDJ. Right. It was plugged into my laptop and I forgot my power supply. So my laptop died towards the end of my set. Oh, and it was just like, it's like, yeah, that's very fun. It's very, very nice. And then like, uh, no, no, but nobody cared. <laughs> you no. know, there was no one there. So then um, as I did the Disciple releases in 2020, my manager was like, yo, dude, you know, it looks like you might be stumbling into show territory relatively soon. So, you know, you might want to invest in a DJ 400 or some kind of, you know, record box compatible controller. Right. And I was like, all right. 
So I got it and uh, I spent a really long time this year just learning mm. the basics of DJing and like how to do it nicely. So then when a, when a show actually rolled through, I wasn't exactly going in blind. I mean, I had to learn CDJ. Oh, that's another story. We'll get into that oh, later. Oh, we'll get, we'll get but, um, into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I learned CDJs on top of a mountain. So, um, that's pretty biblical. That's pretty biblical. We can get into that. I know you had a few questions planned. So, oh, maybe bro, we'll, we got, we got time. Later. We got time. So let's talk about it. Let's go. All right. So that was fun. So, um, a few weeks ago now I put out a shoot with, um, Wolf Beats. They're like a YouTube promotional channel. Mm. Uh, they're the guys who actually did my logo. Uh, shout out to Ryan and Eric. You guys are cool. Um, but they do this series called Wolf Beats Warehouse where they fly out people to the Pacific Northwest and um, they play sets in like, you know, nature and stuff like that. Like, I think they did one in Deep Creek Canyon in Washington. And the one I did was on top of uh, Quartz Mountain in right outside Spokane. It was really nice. But yeah, they hit me up to fly me out. And uh, we, we got to the place mm. and it was like... <laughs> It was like the Rangers were just kind of being some assholes because oh. uh, we, we were playing it at this Firewatch Tower. And what's really cool about the Firewatch Tower is you can actually stay there overnight. So um, it was me and my manager and his wife, Amanda. And uh, we were all, you know, we were going to sleep there that night. And that was right. the idea. So um, Eric's got his whole crew. He's got like cameras. He's got, you know, everything like that. And uh, we go to the Ranger station to pick up the key. And they're like, oh, by the way, you know, it's fire season. Uh, you can't drive to the firewatch tower we're like okay what? you know how how far is that and he goes oh you're not bad like a mile well it was actually three miles up a i think it's four thousand foot tall mountain <laughs> what we had to we had to hike this gear up this like gravel road for it took us like four hours to get up there it was ridiculous it was insane and um yeah you know it was it would have been a really nice hike but it was like you know it was the middle of august so it was like 92 mm. we were like lugging up there and it was like you know we're edm producers and like people in that scenes you know we ain't exactly athletes yeah <laughs> um <laughs> i've me and my manager we've done a few hikes so we were kind of used to it but for a few of them it was a bit shocking uh but yeah it was like here we are we're lugging up three entire wagons worth of gear you know cdjs Jesus. cameras drones and everything up to the top of the mountain it was a great time oh man uh but the shoot went really well and uh, um we wanted to record the set before sunset so they were like oh you know if we drive up there like a few hours early you know you know sky can learn how to play on cdj's that would be really fun mm. um but by the time we got up there the sun was already starting to set so oh. it was just like okay you have no time to learn one two three go <laughs> so i had to figure it out like on the fly i had like five minutes to figure it out but uh, that's what's great about the DDJ 400. It's essentially the same layout. Every mm -hmm. button does the same thing. It's yeah. like, whatever. But uh, that was scary. <laughs> that was a very fun story to talk about. Mm -hmm. First experience is like, hey, just get it. Like ripping off a band-aid. Oh, it was something biblical. You know how my, my whole, um, you can see it back there. My whole yeah, thing is yeah, like, yeah. you know, deers in the forest and whatever. So uh, I turned around on the mountain and there was like a deer staring up at me like while I was like learning. I, I'm telling you, it was biblical as hell. It's like there was so yeah. it was sunset the deer is staring up at me and then he walks off and it's like all right three two one play it was like oh oh sick it was, sick. It it was, was meant cool. it was meant to be it was destiny it was meant to be like it was destiny just the universe spoke and says like this kid needs to play oh yeah thank you yeah no definitely it was it felt very like I guess kind of not I'm not a very like spiritual person but it mm. felt like pretty spiritual in that moment like Whoa, I what bet. the fuck? 
we were kind of laughing about it at the time. I was like, oh, look at that. You know, it's a deer. And we just walked like three miles to get here. I mean, like, coincidence? I think not. I think not. You know? And I actually want to talk to you a little bit about that whole symbol, the whole brand behind your name of Skybreak and the whole deer. Can you elaborate a little bit more about that? Um, So to me, deer are just kind of like, you know, the spirit of the forest, the spirit mm -hmm. of like nature mm -hmm. and whatever. So it's like um, th they're seen as kind of like mundane, whatever creatures in the context. But I mean, in a lot of ancient folklore and whatever, they, they really are held as like higher creatures than we view them as today. You know, um, I think especially I was inspired by the Lord of the Mountain from Breath of the Wild for the oh. glowy thing. Um, it's like a horse. Um, it's like a, a quest where you have to find a horse on top of a mountain and it's all glowy. So I, I switched the horse to a deer and uh, accidentally ripped off Harry Potter. Didn't I swear it was not intentional. 110%. It was not it was not trying to do that. What do you mean but, um, you ripped off from Harry Potter? Yeah. So when I announced Lumina EP, everyone was like patroness. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? So I looked it up. Huh? And, it was like, <laughs> and it was like in Harry Potter, apparently his like spirit animal thingy. I don't really know much of the lore. I read the books like ages ago. The spirit animal thing is like a glowing deer. So it was like shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> so whatever. Um, but uh, no, it, it was always kind of meant as something very spiritual. And then um, in my logo, it's the deer and he's got the circuit antlers. So it kind of shows, you know, a technology seeping into nature. Yeah. So that's like um, that. That's kind of the whole deer thing I'm going for. Also, deer are just really cool animals. Did you know? So I had a whole deer fun fact thing. Mm. You know, deer can only see two colors. Um, humans can see three colors. You know, we see on an RGB scale, you know, red, yeah. green, blue. Yeah. Uh, with deer, it's only green and blue, which is coincidentally my hexadecimal codes. So definitely meant to be. What? Yeah. Not, that was unintentional, but uh, I'll, I'll roll with it. That's wild. I didn't know that. So they only see two colors. Yeah. If you were to show um, a deer, a, a, like a red piece of paper and a green piece of paper, mm. They would both look like green, so weird, or whichever wow. one the, the red is closer to. It's hard to explain. Wow, that's pretty cool. Wild, do it, and it goes along, and it goes along with your theme. That's so it goes cool. along with the theme. Yeah, I know. It, it was um, it was a weird switch to be from like you know, okay, now we're concentrating in on this kind of brand and this image. But I think mm. the deer really represents my music well, and it's not really been done in electronic sense. I don't mm. really think. Uh, yeah, so um. I mean, look at it this other way. Like, you're actually symbolizing your your brand with your name on it. It's like only a few people that I know that actually has like an animal as a mascot or as part of their brand. Like, it means so, some sort of significance. Like, for example, uh, Bear Grylls, you know, the whole bear's suit and all that. Seven Lions is all about this, you know, the, the lions about it, you know? It's like not very, not many artists out there in the EDN scene actually can define themselves with, with the animal. Sharks, I forgot. Sharks, yeah. Sharks as well, yeah. Yeah. He's doing it super well, though, since he doesn't really use his face a whole lot. Um, I, I like how he takes the hammerhead shark idea mm -hmm. and then he like themes it around like whatever the theme of the tune is. Like, you know, the opal yeah. shark was all crystally, and the, the water elemental sharks are all like, you know, very spectrally and fun. It's like, I don't know. I, I think he's doing a really good job of it. Yeah, man. I mean, and it and it's very unique. I mean, he actually took. I'm pretty sure it's because his favorite and uh, shark is the hammerhead. Because yeah, because if you would have put like sharks as an artist, the first thing that comes in your eye is like, what's what's what comes in? Like, oh, great white shark. That's that's a great shark. white. Yeah, everybody will go uh, on on the jaws types. It's like everybody's done that. Been there, done that. They 
you want to be recognized by something unique and different. You know, you don't want to be recognized as something like, like, oh yeah, he, he got that from somewhere. It's like, no, no, no. He, this, there, there's a meaning behind the, the, the meaning of the, of the brand or the animal for why I'm, it's being used on, a, on the logo and the name of it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I think he does a really good job with it. Um, I haven't seen the hammerhead shirts then been used uh, before. And I think his music goes on the prettier end. So I think, some evil, great white looking thing wouldn't really necessarily fit with his brand. So uh, definitely I mean, found a way, way around that. I mean, the best thing he did was going with the hammerhead because uh, Jaws and Megalodon has already gone to that, you know, great white style of, of sharks, you know, and he's and they have their own brand and their own style while sharks actually has his like his own unique persona with the shark. And and in a way, it kind of symbolizes like the music that he's portraying with the shark. Because if you realize like, like uh, hammerheads are not that very aggressive shards, they're actually pretty OK as long as you don't fuck with them or fuck with in, in their territory. Like they're pretty good. And then when they go hard, then that's where they go hard, you know? So it kind of yeah, like exactly like, you know, cool. in a way, it symbolizes his, his theme, you know? So he did a yeah. great job because if not, he would have to go with the megalodon route or Jaws, which they gotta. He's gotta go heavy on everything, you know. But I like, I like the direction that he's going. I really do, and and it's the same direction as you are going. I like it. Yeah, for sure, it's super cool. Because animals, that's a brand. I mean, I'm talking about just just the brands, like the direction you guys are going in 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 music wise. I don't know if anybody has told you this, but you guys are basically. The pioneers of a genre. Oh, thank you. Wow, uh, that actually means a lot. Yeah, we we kind of I'm gonna say we took the ideas from Chime and Asora, right. but uh, Chime and Asora are very good friends of ours, and um, we kind of grew together in like a, a big chat called Rushdown, and it was like um, you know we kind of took some of their techniques mm-hmm. and then made our own, taught them that, and so now as we all gain more and more production knowledge, um, you know we have we've all evolved into our own thing. Like I know. Eric's doing the whole, uh, you know, trancy, fast-paced, hard wave stuff. Yeah. Uh, Chime's doing a lot of like video gamey storytelling stuff. Yeah. I make funny nature music, and then Sharks is just cracked at everything. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, it's kind of cool how we all spread off on the same idea within a genre. I be- I believe so, man. And I say like, and yeah, you can add Temenite and Chime into all this. Like, you guys are basically a pioneers of a, of a new wave of genre, like. Before you guys even start with this whole feature rhythm, like, can you think of anyone else who has done it? Prior to it, it's just melodic dubstep and chill step, you know? Yeah. And, and then you got, like, those here and there's that, you know, you you mix, you have a nice melodic saw dubstep drop, and then you get a heavy one. It's like, okay, but that's still melodic dubstep. That's still dubstep. What you guys are doing is basically taking elements of that, of that whole genre and creating a new wave. And now everybody wants to jump in on that wave. So yeah, I, you kind of find that half waypoint. Super cool. How do you guys even like come up with it? Like where did it all start? Where did it all begin that you say like, you know what? I'm going with this way, you know? For me, it was a bit, <laughs> it's a bit funny. Uh, you'd have to ask Eric about the, the true origination because he was the one, he's kind of the mastermind. Who's who Eric again? Once, once. Uh, Asora. Hey, so our Azora. Okay. Yeah, Azora. Um, but for me, <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and in Run Wild, I had this like epiphany. So I was like processing just a saw wave or something. Mm. I was just putting a bunch of, you know, nay effects on it or whatever. And I was like, huh, it'd be funny if I put like a song in here. So I dragged um 
my track above the clouds, which had been out for a while. And that's like a traditional melodic dubstep tune. And I dragged that into the same processing chain and I just went like, I really remember. I just went, what the, what the, (laughs) my brain just exploded. I had like a billion ideas. So I did that kind of thing where I was like resampling my own tracks Mm. over and over and over again. And like, you know, getting the melodic value out of that. Cause that's really fun. You, instead of having like one single timbre to process, you just have like a whole stack of them uh, that already sound like harmonically pleasant together. So um, that that's a really fun, you know, method of action. But then it's like, you know, that gets a little cheap, you know, after a while, it's just kind of like, well, if I'm doing the same thing over and over again, it's like, whatever. But um, through all the techniques I had learned from doing that, mm. I was able, and also the techniques other people in my friend circle had been discovering, um, I now do like a billion different things to make color base, you know? So um, there's really like a big open wide amount of thing. What am I saying? <laughs> there's like a lot of ways to achieve the sound. Mm. Um, some of which we don't even know about yet, but uh, that was definitely my first like, wow, this is fun to make moment. Pretty sure, man, because I'm pretty sure that the moment you had that experience, she's like, okay, now I can take this to the next level. Now, Yeah, I saw myself on Disciple in seven months after like, I'm kidding. <laughs> I had like a revelation but that but that's but that's insane like the fact that you basically came on on this new idea that you know that nobody has started with this and nobody is fucking with it you came up with it and now everybody's on that wave with you and everybody wants to be like you you know you literally inspire hundreds if not thousands of people to make uh, color based charts like you I mean Shit, they made YouTube tutorials about it, you know? Oh, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just a fun genre to make, you know? It's like a lot of EDM can be a bit monotonous to make. Mm -hmm. It's like rather than telling stories or painting pictures or, you know, telling a tale through sound, a lot of it is like, how hard can you make something Mm. go? And to be fair, that's a lot of fun to mess around with in the the realm of, you know, I've made a few bangers here and there. It's like uh, fun to just push all the limits (laughs) and just see what happens from there. But um, I definitely feel like people are starting to realize, wait, there's a lot of room for like, you know, storytelling and all that stuff in the genre. And whether it was me who sparked that or Asora or Leatrix or Chime or anyone who's like absolutely killing it in the movement, I don't know. But I'm definitely starting to notice a shift towards, you know, more balanced experiences within EDM rather than just like smoke weed until you die. I'll be honest with you, bro. I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm not a rhythm fan. I am. So not. It's all right. I don't mind a rhythm. I think a lot of it is just kind of like stupid fun. So you can't really, you know, review it from like a, a really artistic standpoint, you know, like whatever. I mean, you're not going to become very satisfied if you're looking for a song to cry to. But it's just music that's good fun, sits well in sets. Mm. And I think going to shows really helped me realize, okay, you know, rhythm is just aw- this awful, terrible genre that people make because it's lazy. Like, you know, th- yeah, there really is yeah. a rhyme or reason to it. And uh, I've definitely noticed some of my more intricate, complex rhythms don't work quite as well live mm. um but and that kind of quarter note emphasis you know people do it because it works like yeah. sounds good live thumping sub gets the whole floor moving yeah um but i couldn't imagine making it for every song i, I would get kind of bored working oh, within no, those bro. limits i can bro like i criticize rhythm a lot i always tell everybody rhythm is the techno version of dubstep because basically <laughs> it's the same drop 
over and over, like the same pattern of it. And then when you didn't even realize that you switched songs because it's like, oh, this is a different song. Oh, I thought it was the same. It's just the same. It's like, no, if you get if you give me a rhythm that Virtual Riot does, then OK, I can fuck with it because you know what? At least he puts a growl here and there. He makes it sound much more unique and interested. But if you're gonna be doing like um not not to shape my my boys, murder and in fact, not not shading you guys. I'm just saying I don't like your genre a lot. But if you oh, do man. it like sudden death and stuff like that, like it's the same pattern. And I, I have an issue with it because like like you say, it's kind of lazy in a way. Because it's all all you gotta do is just that. And I'm more of a person that I like more unique stuff, interesting stuff, stuff that I, it's hard for me to do because I, I I like making dubstep, but ever since I got very involved with melodic dubstep, I'm just like, holy shit, this is a whole different beast and I want to get more involved with it. And then the more I get involved with them, the more I listen to more artists who gets who are like, holy shit, bro. How the hell these guys are not literally out there? They should be out there, you know? And yeah, for sure. <clears throat> well, I, again, I kind of think Again, I, I, I kind of had similar thoughts. Like, I was very apathetic about the scene. Like, oh, all this shit just sounds the same. Like, why yeah. are people making this stuff? But uh, again, you know, going to a live show and hearing how it's made for utility. I mean, that's utility sick. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not endorsing it. And I'm not saying, you know what, Skybreak Rhythm album next year. Yeah. And I'm not going to change my artistic <laughs> vision to, to suit it. But um, I, I, I see the purpose. And I, I don't mm -hmm. really like calling out artists for, you know, making it. I think... Um, right, you know, right. it, I mean, I wouldn't exactly put on a, a murder or infect record, you know, I'll casually on my Spotify playlist and go like, yeah, you know, this is the meaning of existence. But, you know, if I'm, if I'm in a playing a live set or I'm going to a live set and suddenly I just hear, yeah, you know, I'm going to go, uh, <laughs> it's just I like, mean, it, it just like, yeah, yeah. Like, so it, it's all about context. And I, I found you become a lot less bitter about mm. music when you realize it's about context because there's a lot of elitism in this scene, especially lately with the rise of like <clears throat> future rhythm and stuff that's like really well mixed. And I might have sparked a bit of it, but it's kind of like <clears throat> we, we've kind of now got this mindset of, oh, it's good, but it's not as good as <clears throat> or, <clears throat> oh, this is a song, but you better make a song that's better than it soon. You know, yeah. and it's like um, I, I think a lot of it is just all about the context is played in, why it's written, what emotions it's trying to come across, even out of that emotion is like stupid or dumb <laughs> you know i mean I, I don't know i don't i don't knock it out that much that it's my own personal preference that's what i believe about rhythm everybody it, it could be different for the next person the next person could say like my god rhythm saved my life and shit kudos man like i'm, I'm happy for you i guess you know and when the, like, the pre-drop went suck my fucking penis i really go, thought go, oh man go. dude i should really turn my life around <laughs> I mean, I mean, wild things happen, you know, wild things happen. I'm not, I'm not knocking it down, man. And kudos to all our homies, you know, who's still doing it, who's still killing it. You know, I, that's just my personal preference. But it, when it comes to doing a set, I'm with you with that. Like, I like to tell a story from beginning to yeah, end. For sure. And I want to start out with something. want to give you the introduction. And then throughout the entire thing, I want to give you like the breaks the climax, and then going hard on the on the last to tell you this is how it ends, you know? And it, and it's very unique. Not many people do that. Most of the time, it's, 
people are just in it for, you know, bankers. It's like, well, drop, 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 drop. But few people, like my 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 brother on Nitty Gritty, shout out to him. Um, he tells a story. When you see, when you hear a set of his, you basically hear him going dubstep, and all of a sudden he goes switch it up to some Michael Jackson shit. And then oh he my. goes he goes switch it up to some house shit. Then he switched it out to some future bass, some trap, and then he finishes hard with dubstep. It's just like, wow, like how he does it? I have no idea. I have no yeah. idea. I, I only I, I only teach him how to DJ. Everything else, he he did on his own. I was like, well, you're you're a beast. You're just entirely beast, bro. You're the next girl. So what what the fuck do you want me to say? You know, <laughs> what do you want to do at that point? Yeah, I, I met him twice now. Um, we had very very short encounters. Um, I met him once at Izu. Both times I didn't recognize him until the person I was with was like, oh, nitty gritty, and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> Like uh, first time it was with Asora at mm. Electric Zoom, and that was really nice. He was he was really sweet about it. Um, it was like, yeah, you know, he, he's just such a nice, passionate dude. Yes. And then I also saw him in this weird shopping mall when I was at EDC Las Vegas. And he was like, oh, dude, you know, you should catch my set at like four. And I was like, I was going to do it. And then it was like, shit, it's 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to cry in the artist lounge. <laughs> hey, it's all good, man. Let's go ahead. But yeah, he's a very sweet person, very chill, man. He and I went nice to dude. school together and I told him right from the get go, like as soon, I, as soon as I knew what he was doing and by the time he was in school, he was already working along with Seven Lions and Skip Marley. This is wild to Crazy. me. Like, like I knew it. I knew that he was going to be as big or bigger than Squirrelets and he's already at that track right now. I mean, he's already nominated by three different Grammys, you know? Yeah, I saw that. Big ups to the guy. That's sick as heck. Yeah, and three different artists too. Marshmallow, Major Laser, and Jay Balvin, you know? The guy, the guy is a killing machine, man. And I've seen him in the studio working. I've seen him working with people and, and when he was recording the vocals, he's a Terminator, bro. I'm telling you, he's literally a Terminator. It takes him... It takes a little to no time to come up with something out of nothing. And all of a sudden, it's just like, That's bam. crazy. I remember when he was doing the EP that he did with Spitting Records, um, the All In EP. I, I was there when he was doing the, um, the song All In with this guy. I keep forgetting. He's a, a Miami native here. Um, shoot. I'm sorry. G uh, Jimmy. Jimmy. He was doing with Jimmy. And I was just minding my own business, doing my projects. And all of a sudden, I'm hearing his shit. I was like, Hold on, let me stop my shit. Let me hear this. And I, yeah, I, I, what I, the heck? Yeah, I was just like how he was making all the saws and how he was doing all that shit. I was just like mind blown. Yeah, that shit's crazy. Nah, it's he's just on I don't, a different level. I don't know, man. I was doing um a little fun little producer challenge with a few of my friends uh earlier this week. Uh, there's this fun little internet game called Gardic Phone, and within that game, there's a mode called Knockoff where someone draws the drawing. Mm. And then a bunch of people have to, and then the next person has to redraw that drawing in a slightly less increment of time. And then it goes further and farther down until literally like it's unrecognizable. Like the time you have to draw it halves and halves and halves. So we tried to do that with production. And um, oh, specifically my buddy Aaron uh, Disdain, he is cracked. He just won the Disciple Contest, actually. He won. Oh, uh, the for the remit. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's cracked as heck. Um, but it was like, 
<laughs> everyone else's ideas for like you know when we got to the 10 minute region it was like all right like what is this but his it would be like accurate or better than what he was given and it was just like what the hell oh he's shit. insane he's insane dude you guys you all anyone who's listening just check out disdain his whole discography just cracked oh Check 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 it out, everyone. Check it out. I'm gonna check him out as well. Holy shit! So he won the the remix competition. Yeah, he did a a, a collab with our friend Cabal, who's another producer that I personally think is really cracked. We've got a tune together uh, that's coming out sometime in oh. 2022. Oh, but um, yeah, it's um, it's nice to be surrounded with people that are like you know we're always just passing ideas back and forth and like be, we're able to just fuck around in a call and <laughs> make a bunch of music that's like getting progressively worse. And it's like a, a judgment free zone, but we're also all like, you know, you know, ish kind of what we're doing. <laughs> so it's nice. That's good, man. That's good, man. Hey, I know a lot of people who has done the same route as you guys are doing right now. Think of a company Wooly at there or who's now careless castle. Um, they all, yeah. they all, they were all their homies. They all went to Icon. They were all roommates in a uh, one certain point of their lives, and you know they, and they were just passing by. Oh, Sunday service! I forgot about those guys. You know, those guys were sick at that time, and Heck they were yeah. all, and they were all ho- homies to each other. And they basically that's how they started off their career, just like passing music left and right, like it was nothing. And then look, look where they are right now. You know, yeah, they're like all headlining this crazy. Yeah. I mean, shit, company, you, like one of the leads in Never Say Die, Wooly with Ophelia and making tunes with fucking Excision. Like, crazy. Like, what the fuck? Excision of all, of all people? Like, shit. You know, and then Careless Castle, he's just making tunes where everybody else and now he's on the round table, which is like pretty dope, man. Like, and I feel like the way you are describing yourself and your homies, I feel like you guys are heading that direction. I feel like you guys are going to be doing great things and you're going to be bigger and bigger before you know it, guys. I mean, you're already there. I mean, shit. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Like, shit. Like, you, I, as far as I'm concerned, you've released tracks on Disciple and, and there was, there was the other one, Rushdown, right? Yeah. Rushdown, Heaven Sent, uh, did something with Never Say That. I've released around a bit. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not kind of stuck to any label at the moment. I will say Disciple has been my favorite um, label to work with so far. Mm. No offense to the others. Um, but it's just like, you know, they were very on time with art. Um, they're really pushing my release. And it was like, they're just they're just a group of really hardworking people. And they're also just willing to, you know, have a quick laugh and not take themselves too seriously. Because at the end of the day, we're releasing bleep bloop music. <laughs> yeah. You know, so... um. Yeah, Disciples great. They're a really nice label to work with. Yeah. I think everyone should aspire to do that in electronic. I I always, you know, give my shout outs to my people from Disciple, you know, like and I love everybody who I've met over the years. Like my closest homies is uh Josh and Pat from Modestep. Oh word. Yeah. They they stay over in my apartment during Ultra Music Festival when they perform live and they stayed over and they did their rehearsal and then Rossi came along and oh shit that's sick yeah no no like I've been a Disciple fans you know a lot a long time and then having them in my apartment and just kicking it kicking it with them and just sharing stories and whatnot I was like I I stay in touch more with Pat Pat and I were very we we hit it off very quickly. Like me and Josh, we talked here and there, but it's like very vaguely. And Rossi's like, I haven't talked to Rossi in a long time, but I'm pretty sure if I tell him, it's like, yo, 
I'm the Jap boy. He's gonna remember who I was. That's the inner joke that we did. It funny. Oh story. boy. Funny story. So I'll tell you right now. So basically, I'm from Puerto Rico. I was born and raised in the island for 25 years. And very cool. English is not my first language, just to let you know. Damn. Well, you're you're good at speaking it, honestly. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I I, I I like that. I learned I learned how to do it and and I made I made sure that English became my first language to speak and learn and talk and write, you know? So there's a problem to that because I have an accent, like a weird you know, Spanish accent that you could tell is like, uh, you, you got a yeah. sort of English accent of some sorts, you know? And we were in the balcony and they were just telling me about, about the, this artist lounge that it's on a yacht. And they were telling me, you know, that they didn't want to go there because of people full of shit or something like that. I don't know. And oh, I yeah. was, and I was talking to them about it. And I was like, you know, like you guys could have just like, you know, grabbed some of the food from the yacht. And they were like, what yet? It's like from the yacht. And they were like, or Wilson, where are we taking off? Like, what are you talking yeah. about? The like, jet? <laughs> yeah, they understood jet. And and I was saying yacht. And basically, oh we were just literally going back and forth. We're saying, like, I'm saying yacht. And they were like, yacht? Like, yacht, 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 yacht. Yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, the boat, the boat is selling. It's it's not a boat, it's a yacht. And they were like, oh, you mean a yacht? That's what you were oh, trying I... to say. A yacht. <laughs> I thought you were saying a jet, like a fighter jet. Like we're, we're having an artist legend of fighter jet. That would be metal though. You kidding? <laughs> Flying over the, the fucking festival. You kidding? Y'all cramp in the cockpit and still like. <laughs> oh, dude. That would be way better than a yacht. You Bro, that, that's like, that's, a, that's an ultra fan. Now I will, I'll take that. Ultra is capable of doing something like that. But that was the whole argument because they were thinking that I was talking about a jet. And I was like, no, I was talking about boat, a yacht. And they were like, no, you're saying it wrong. And I'm like, how the fuck am I saying it wrong? I say yacht. I say yacht, yacht. And Rossi was just like, please stop. I can't. I can't. My stomach can't. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean, it's poor thing. Oh, my God. It was so funny. And then later down the years, um... I stay in touch with them. And then just recently, I'm um, staying in touch with Nick and Jay from Virus Syndicate. And they're really, really amazing people, you know? Oh, I've never gotten the chat with them before. I played Minecraft with Josh for a while. That's oh. our like only interaction. Uh, and then we, we chatted for about 30 seconds at EDC. <laughs> and that's <laughs> um, pretty much yeah, it. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, a, he's a super wholesome dude. Um, but uh, yeah, I've never chatted with Virus Syndicate before. Which people have you ever chat with in the Disciple crew? Uh, from Disciple? Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I don't really want to list them off because, you know, none of us are necessarily, you know, best friends or whatever. Um, but at least have talked. chatted with a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Barely Alive. Uh, I played a quick kind of show with them in New Haven. It was pretty low key, mm. um, but it, it was nice. And uh, I got to hang out with Willie backstage for a while. Um, you know, we just kind of shot the shit. <laughs> and I was with him as he was like, Going through the remix contest winners, and I vouched for my friend who unfortunately did not win. Aww. But the winner who did win is really cool. It's a really nice house remix. So yeah, that was nice. Uh, Virtual Riot, I he's been a major inspiration for me for like ages, and he plays out two of my tunes, uh, Waterfall and my uh, Unbelievable oh, yeah! Clip. It's super cool. It's like a staple in his sets now. So uh, that's really big for me. And uh, who else? Uh, I had this really, I had this call with um, Oliver's after I won that first contest. That oh, was sweet. Oh, and uh, yeah, and then mode step. You know, we we played a bit of 
Minecraft. I don't know. I don't talk to any of them on like a day to day basis mm. at the moment. So I'm not going to go and pretend we're best friends, but no, I've had, they're all just really, really sweet and nice people. Honestly, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to get to know them better eventually. If, I'm you- probably missing someone. <laughs> Oh, Dirty Phonics. Yeah, Dirty Phonics. They're also fucking oh. great. They're really nice people. I mean, I, I, let me tell you from, from experiences, you know, it, it, give it some time, but you're already there. And the cool thing about these guys, it, it, it don't matter. As long as you fuck with them, man, they, they fuck with you back and they'll help you and support you no matter what. That's that's what I love about Disciples so much about it. Out of all the labels, they're the only one that I felt like these guys are are in it for the community. They're in it for themselves. You know, they're in it to support each other. Like, tell me what other label that that say, um, Fox Stevenson is releasing a song. Every other artist of that label is posting something. It's like, yo, my brother Fox Stevenson is posting it. Tell me what other label does that. Like, they actually commute as a family, you know? And yeah, I they're like definitely that. a very family-based label, which is nice. I love, I love to see that, honestly. And that's that's the beauty of, about those guys, you know. That's what it attracts them a lot, a lot about, you know, for people, you know, because they see that, you know, they're in it for the people, you know, they're in it for themselves as a family and all that stuff. That, and I just like how they're progress, progressing from the beginning when they started all the way to where it is right now. I mean, like, look at. Look at all the cool stuff they've done so far. You know, they they basically built an entire label full of dope producers. Each of them has their own unique sound. Each of them support each other. They're all homies. And look how many stuff they they've done. Like they've released the regular shit, the which is now the the Alliance Volume Seven, which is dope. Mm-hmm. They got the Round Table stuff, and now they got Afterlife. Like other- yeah, Afterlife. Let's go. Like <laughs> let's yeah. go. Like the only the only label that I see stuff doing stuff like that is probably Monster Cat. I don't know any other label that can actually fuck around with that many artists and you know support each other artists and have that many genres, even from that same bass genre, you know? And I tell you, Monster Cat is like one of the top goals in my life. You know, Monster Cat is like if yeah, I release if I release a Monster Cat, I'm I retire from music and that's it. Like I'm done. Oh, why would you do that? That would just be a new beginning. Nah, bro. I want to leave my stamp, letting every every hater know. So, like, see, I made it. Bounce, dogs, bounce. That would suck, honestly. Though, <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> you quit the day you get on Monster Cat? That'd be like, <laughs> be like the equivalent of like, you know, I don't even know, getting oh. getting your first show and then quitting. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I say, I, I say- know. I said retire from music and I didn't even say I'm retiring for the whole thing. You know, I, I'll still DJ if I have to, you know, I'll go to, to all the oh, Monster Cat shows, but, but I'll say retire as a, as a, as music, as music wise, because you tell you what, if you do, if you do something sick, that Monster Cat sink their teeth and you say like, you know, I'm done, dude, they'll want more. They'll want more. And you're sure. be, and you'll be like, okay, I, I guess I get coming out of retirement. Okay, let's just make some more, you know. And and, and not only that, it just gets it grabs the attention of other labels as well. It's like, hey, come over here, man. What why don't you just release some music and stuff like that, you know? Well, yeah, that's kind of more what I was getting into. I don't know. Um, I know one of the things you wanted to get into was like, you know mental well-being and whatever. And I kind of had one of those moments when I released the Lumina EP on Disciple. It was like, you know, Disciple had always been my goal, you know, Virtual Riot, Barely Alive and all that stuff. So it's like, <clears throat> when you get there, yeah, it's like, 
okay, now I'm on the other side. It's not like a video game or like a book where it's like you save the princess or, you know, you defeat God in some yes. weird games, <laughs> um, you know, or, you know, you know, um, you sail off into the sunset and it's happily ever after, you know, like there's another side, you right. know, the congratulations, you got accepted email sends and then the phone rings, you know, yeah. <laughs> or it's like, and life kind of goes on. Um, and for someone like me, that was originally very, you know, goal oriented, obviously, you know, in it for the past, and I still am. Yeah. I've always been in for the passion, but I was very, you know, goal driven. Like I'm going to work really, really fucking mm-hmm. hard and I'm going to make my own name for myself. And then disciples going to pick me up and that's going to be that. Mm. And then like, after that, that's going to be that point. Shit gets a bit blurry and confusing. Cause you're like, well, wait, what do I do next? Um, so it's what I'm kind of trying to figure out how to do now. And actually my next EP, mm. which I'm working on now is about this topic. It's about kind of finding intrinsic mo- motivation to write, you know, internal validation rather than being motivated by a specific goal or a specific, mm. you know, I need this DJ to like my music or I need to right. get on this label. Like I've already done that. And it was not, <clears throat> obviously it's incredibly satisfying. I mean, it's like, holy shit, I'm on Disciple. The heck, all my artists like my stuff. But on an internal level, it's not as satisfying as you'd think because, you know, I still wake up. I still got to go eat breakfast. I got to do my taxes soon. Um, it's like, you know, life went on and it's like, you can bask, you can only bask in infinite gratitude for so long before you want more. And so figuring out how to just be like, I make music that makes people happy or emotional or, you know, having a good time, just kind of being able to feel content with that is something I'm kind of trying to work towards at the moment rather. So it's like, yeah, it would be very nice for me to release on monster cat someday. And that's definitely a goal that me and my management are pushing towards. But um, for now, I'm just writing music that moves me, moves other people. And uh, that's I'm trying to fight for that to be enough, because I know at some point, if I continue to be goal motivated, there'll be nowhere to look. And I'll be like, well, what am I writing for at this point? So it's kind of trying to figure out that mindset earlier on is like, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And you know what? I'm happy that you're talking about it, you know, because this type of conversation doesn't happen that often. and not a lot of people talk about it or you get to hear it unless you're actually with the person, with the artist is when you get to hear the experience. But this type of stuff is not out there in public. And I love the way you're actually, you know, talking about it because it's very important to let everybody know who's um who wants to be, um you know, self-made or wants to be a, and the next up and coming artist or working towards it and saying like, I want to get to that goal. It's like, you know, like, yeah, get to that goal. But, you know, stuff do happens. You know, you do have a daily life every day, you know, that you got to attend to, you know, and I'm glad that you're talking about that, man. And I'd like to elaborate more about that stuff, you know, because um, knowing that you have, I honestly, I, I've started to heard your music last year when you released your late, your AP with Disciple. Mm-hmm. After I after I heard you, I started following you and I started listening to your other projects. You know, it wasn't until recently when you made that song with with Shards, which is just like, holy shit. Like now I need to get to this kid. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. The, it's the moment. Yeah. But but it's more than just that. You know, it's it's the fact that, OK, this kid is actually doing some of the stuff as an up and coming artist. He's actually starting up from becoming an art up and up and coming artist to an artist you know yeah, like yeah, for exactly you know, like, like if we put it in video game terms 
let's say that you that there's three acts. You're basically finishing the first act, and now you're about to start the second act, which is a longer experience. And you're right now, you're getting jumped started into that because now you just got the the tour announced. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's really nice. Um, I'm excited about the tour, especially because it's like. That's going to be me being able to see firsthand like how my music would affect people on a larger scale. And that, to me, is way more important than any silly number flex or whatever, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, interesting, like the three acts thing, because I kind of feel like it's the end, almost the end of the third act with whatever goal you set, you know, mm. especially in our society that kind of work fetishizes working hard, especially working hard on stuff that's like really cool, you know, where it's like, I mean, yeah, you hit that goal. I mean, you like, you yeah. said it yourself. Like in the goal, once you hit the goal, now there's a new goal. Now there's yeah, like figuring out what's next. <laughs> yeah, figuring out what's next. Maybe this is like maybe all this time you fought like, oh, this is the entire game, you know. But and then afterwards you're like, oh, holy shit! I've only done the intro. This is act one of the game. Holy shit! I can't wait for the next acts, you know. So that's, yeah. So that's how I see it because you said, how old are you? You're you're 19, right? Yeah, nineteen. You're you're already getting faster. You got a whole life ahead of you, bro. Like you literally got a whole life ahead of you. Not only you're doing tracks and you're releasing tracks on these dope labels, and you're now about to do touring, which is as for an experience of being a touring DJ is amazing. It's amazing experience. Oh yes. So it, it savored that moment, you know. But afterwards, you also got school. And you want, and you say you want to finish school. Yeah, eventually in some some capacity. Okay, but I want to walk out with a degree. A degree, that's fine, you know. And I commend that, bro, because I got myself a degree. My parents told me it's like if you want to do the whole thing, like you gotta finish school first. It's like I right, bet, I'll, that's what I do. I finished my degree, six years in engineering in PR, and then I moved down to Miami to do my to go to audio school, and then jumpstart my career from there. You know, into where I am right now. And then after yeah, this, sure. after this, I thought this is like, all right, this is where I'm ending things down. It's like, no, bro, there's another thing on top of this. Like, I thought me being as a producer and a touring DJ was going to be my thing. But no, I fell in love wholeheartedly with podcasts. And now I want to be doing bigger stuff with the podcast game, you know? Yeah, that's that's cool to hear, you know? interest and stuff evolve over time yes you kind of never know what life's gonna throw at you next yeah and i've been i've been a life sound engineer for almost my like (laughs) half of my life i've been doing that type of stuff you know i've been doing trusses and festivals and shit and whatnot like i like for my previous episodes i can i tell a little bit more about my story but what i'm trying to get to is like you know that was my whole useful time you know right now i'm just like all right, let me just like do stuff that I want, that I love to do, you know, that I don't need to, you know, be stressed about, you know, podcasting. This is what I love to do. DJing, I love DJing, man, but, you know, I'm not really stressing about it. Not, not like I used to. I, I did my thing. I played a, a bunch of festivals or few festivals, Um, play a bunch of shows, open up for big artists, collaborating with some of them. And you know what? I did it. I'm happy with it. I'm content with that. Now I'm just tackling this you know and then after this there's gonna be another big thing you know so i'm looking at at that perspective that i'm still in act two of my game yeah got you you know like i'm i'm still in act two and there's like a bunch of stuff it's like let me put it this perfectly i'm playing final fantasy i'm playing final fantasy 7 and you know if you if you remember that game that game has like free disc the original version 
and I'm still at this too. I'm still at this too. And there's so many side missions that I'm I'm doing, you know, before I continue and progress the main story. Before I head to the main story, let me just kill all these side missions and then I'll progress a lot with the mission. That's where I am and that's how I'm seeing this. Side. So the way I'm seeing it, you're still at disc one, but you're finishing off disc one. You're like, you're literally almost there and now you're about to start your your whole new adventure, man. Yeah, crazy stuff. I don't know. I see life more as like act three never comes. You know what Ooh. I mean? Like there's always going to be something else that's coming, coming your way. And I don't know. For me, it's like sitting down and like being content is like a really far off, far away option, you know, especially with like grind sets and whatever, you know, like, I don't know. It's like, I just kind of want to create consistently and like, you know, tell as many stories as I can before, you know, the real act three, which right. is, you know, yeah, death. So, um. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm not really working towards any specific goal at this point, just the furthering of the Skybreak project. Mm. Um, I don't need to hop on this tour or do this thing. My goal in life more so is just to be like, go with the flow, make music that connects with people and anything that comes along mm. is just, um, that's good. That's nice. But uh, I'm, I'm here. I'm creating. I'm expressing my emotions. I'm a... Uh, that's good. Writing music that moves people. And that's like enough, you know? And I, I think um, that when I can figure out how to teach myself that, when I can hypnotize myself uh, that I'm not working towards a goal or whatever, I, I think then I'll be able to really just, you know, be that, at that like theoretical contentment stage. Right. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit more about your early stages in of your career, be, you know, before Skybreak became Skybreak. You know, I want to talk yeah. to you a little bit about that. Now, one of the things I I'm very eager to understand, like you always had a musical background. Yeah. So I, I've been playing drums since I was about five or six. Mm. And, um, and I used to write. I put this in several quotation marks, <laughs> songs with my dad in, um, <laughs> in the basement. He'd like right. um, just jam a few chords on the guitar mm. and I would just say whatever my six-year-old ADHD brain would muster over the top of it on the spot. <laughs> some, some of my favorite lines are like, there's a song called Red where the lyrics just red, 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 red. And then uh, I've, I really remember, you know, I'm looking around for red things and I'm like, there's a red ball there's blood or like uh, i go like oh look dad's playing a red guitar and it's like i just say stupid lyrics like that um but uh over time you know i picked up the drums when i was about five or six um went to a drum school for that or like a music school for that uh had the coolest mentor and teacher ever ej shout out ej um and uh he they kind of at the program they took whoever they thought were like the most promising students in because we were all like eight or nine at the time. Right. And um, we had this program called Unplugged and Rewritten, which was all about, you know, learning how to write songs from this from scratch. You know, we started out, we started out, everyone was just doing, you know, four chords of doom on, no. on a piano and singing lyrics about pretty much just rehashing whatever we had, stirring around our subconscious and the radio. We were eight and nine. We didn't have any experiences. Girls had cooties and guys sucked, you know, like whatever. <laughs> so it's like all the lyrics are like, I love you, baby, like oh. garbage. Um, but uh, we all kind of matured into our own sounds and um, became more focusing on lyrical uh, value. We do little exercises, like taking a bunch of cheesy phrases and trying to turn them into a song. 
Um, and then it was like, yeah, eventually when we all reached around 12 or 13, we all had our unique sounds. And uh, I started making electronic music because I had heard stuff from Monster Cat when I was Ooh. about 10-ish. Ooh. And um, so that's what I started to do. Everyone else was, you know, sticking to piano and guitar, mm. but I was like the weirdo with the aux cable. So I'd plug that into the speaker system. And um, yeah, we just kind of all grew as a unit. I've, I'm good friends with a few people there. Uh, I've written songs with a few of them as well, actually. Uh, namely, uh, my friend Gab sang on uh, my song, or not sang, sorry, played guitar on my song Emerald Eyes from a while ago. And we've tried and made very to make collabs very unsuccessfully a few times. Um, and then uh, my friend Sam, uh, she sang on Reflection, which is a really old tune of mine from uh, Above, the, Above the Clouds, which is my second album. So it was like, uh, yeah. Uh, it was just really nice to have a room of people that just being able to give instant feedback or whatever. So That's cool. that coupled with, you know, jazz band and marching band and the uh, shit work. Why do I have tonal clippers? What am I doing? Uh, I, I've hey, just got tonal clippers I, here. I just, I just saw it in the corner and it started becoming my like fidget toy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put these away. Sure. <laughs> I don't know why I have tonal clippers. Hey, man. Don't, uh, ain't. Don't be mad. Look, I got my right hey, Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I really need a fidget spinner. Those things were so useful. But um, yeah, so that was kind of my upbringing, I guess. Um, also, we kind of skipped through the, <laughs> you know, when we all, when we're born, a lot of people, a lot of parents put on wheels on the bus, go around. around. That was very short lived in my family. By the time I was like four, we were listening to Led Zeppelin. Holy <laughs> so, shit. So, yeah. <laughs> Led Zeppelin and Iron Maiden were my dad's favorites. Holy so moly. That kind of shows my family dynamic. <laughs> hey, I'm not knocking you that on that, bro, because I feel yeah. like my future children is going to be like, hey, so. Here's here's a Sunboy track, you know. Yeah. Here's yeah. here's some edition. It's called Lockdown. So, you know, get get into it. Here's some Blink One Eighty Two. Here's some Linkin Park. Here's some Limp Bizkit. Here's some Eminem. Here, your mom likes Eminem, so I like Eminem too. So I, there we I, go. There we go. You know, <laughs> I don't know if it's a good fit or a bad fit. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully in forty years. Kids will be parents will be showing their kids Skybreak water, waterfall. <laughs> this was popping off as when I was young. Yeah, hey, it's gonna be a fin. That's for sure. You know, when we're in the in the when in the car, you're listening to some chill melodic vibes, and all of a sudden Skybreak is like, oh shit! Hey, your daddy knows this this guy. This guy is the shit. All right, here we're gonna listen to it. Hope so. Who knows what happens? Uh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen for sure, man. Um, now so. So, so it's safe to say that rock has been a major influence in your life. Yeah, definitely. Specifically, like, um, yeah, stuff like Led Zeppelin and Iron Maiden. Mm. I think that's why I do a lot of milky pentatonic leads and stuff because that's um, it's a big part of that old music and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I still listen to a lot of rock music. Um, I've moved to like Bring Me the Horizon and. Uh, Periphery are my two favorite metal bands Perry, at the moment. Periphery, wow. Periphery, it's really good. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd say rock has been a big influence. I think video game music as well. Uh, yes. Especially, you know, I'm one of those wacky youth that grew up in front of the glow of a CRT TV <laughs> playing the Wii. So it's uh, what I was doing. I don't know if that's CRT actually technically. Who knows? But uh, yeah, video game music, rock, jazz. 
lots of influences. Have you ever thought about, you know, adding some of that rock elements into your music? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I do subconsciously. I had a debate with my friend Julie a while ago um, about this, where it's like we kind of, as musicians and artists, mm. um, we kind of just subconsciously write what our developmental period um, when we're like growing up. So when we're like between eight and 11, mm. you know, that's when our tastes kind of exist, not even within genre, just like melodic clauses and whatever. So it's like, for example, she played a lot of like PS2 games and, uh, listen to a lot of like weird jungle shit. She's a bit older than me um, yeah. when she was younger. So her stuff has a bunch of drum breaks and, mm. and like that really weird 90s aesthetic. Whereas oh, I grew yeah, up on like yeah, I remember that games 90s and metal. Break beat. Yeah, that little drum of bass, you know, weird five on the video games. I remember on yeah, the yeah. Metal Gear, on Son of the Enders and Taken. Yeah, Ridge Racer, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, um, for Speed, it had some of that. Whereas I grew up on like the Wii games with like the weird jazz fusion stuff and um, and uh, a lot of Sonic with those milky pentatonic leads. And then, you Absolutely. know, of course, the rock music my dad had been showing me in the car. So my stuff is very improvisational, pentatonic, milky, I guess you could call it. It's like that. I could just get that cheesy shit. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so that's why my stuff would sound like the way it does. We don't really have like a way to test it. Per se, but um, I I have found that's a pretty decent trend with a lot of producers. That's why everyone, even if they try to write the same songs, mm. it'll sound like them. And which genre really it tends to incline you the most out of it, like both listening and production wise? Uh, well, electronic would be the obvious one. <laughs> uh, but if you're talking out of EDM, probably yeah, just that video game music stuff. Mm. Okay. It's just got a certain sound to it, especially no. the older stuff. Like, a, yeah, like SNES and NES era and then like Wii games. Wow. So and that exactly prompted you to become a producer by listening to these type of music is like, I want to make this type of stuff as well. Well, no, I mean, I think it kind of comes down a bit of a road. It was like um, listening to that Monster Cat stuff, um, ironically, because I was watching a bunch of Minecraft YouTubers when I was young and they used to use uh, a lot of noise storm and stuff from like older monster cat uploads and um yeah they'd use that as the background music so that's how i discovered monster cat mm. and then you know that was also very video game influenced especially stuff by like you know tristam yeah. the old well the old au5 was very trancy to be fair but it's like um yeah tristam pegboard nerds all those that crowd it was very like video game influenced it kind of just felt like a sonic game but produced a little more right. so it was like crap this is sick so that was kind of my gateway drug into it. And that was still during my developmental era because technically I was like 10 or 11 while it was happening. So that alone kind of shaped my music taste. I don't know. I, I think it evolves over time. Like I've played some people, some Sonic stuff, and they're like, this is cheesy garbage. <laughs> Whereas it's like me personally, I don't know what's an example. It's like something I wouldn't like. Oh, country music. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> if anyone decided to make a, a country dubstep hybrid project i would probably shit all over it no offense if you do if you do kudos to you and if you if you can pull it off well shoot me a dm let's collab but um <laughs> chances are i mean you have to you have to be at an avici level for you to do that because avici is probably the only idian artist who did uh who crossed country with idian and he did it perfectly like it made sense out of it yeah for sure I will say uh, Taylor Swift makes decent country. I will give that's one artist I can respect to make country. 
I mean, do you really consider Tillerson country? I consider her mainstream pop, to be honest. Like, Some of her older stuff is quite country influenced. Yeah. Her newer stuff at this point, she's re-recording it all. Yeah. Like, with that I, little pop element mainstream shit. I'd know. say it's just a bit folky, like kind of folk. Like, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the two albums she put out last year, Evermore and Folklore. I thought they were really inspirational for me because they're just like very, it, it no longer felt like really overproduced pop, which was the stuff that kind of swayed me away from her stuff mm. for a while. It was just like her, a guitar, some shakers, and like a world of stories. And it was like, shit, this bare bones stuff just really shows how good of a songwriter she is. You know, it's no longer patched up by thousands of layers. It's just a good song at core. I'm, so that, that's my thoughts. I don't listen that much of Taylor Swift. I this, but uh, this is what people tell me is like, uh, if she gets into a relationship with someone, she's making an album because once they once yeah. they separate, is like the whole album's about that person. Hey, I mean that's fair though. I mean, if, it just kind of shows that rather than talking about some ambiguous "I love you, baby, love you, baby," rather than like writing from you know. <laughs> Satan's pool of writers. It's coming from it's coming from the heart. You know, like it's like oh, if if you shit. because realistically, yeah, I mean, mm. people say relationships not deep. I mean, hey, I've never been in a relationship my entire life. So it's like um I was like that kind of bitter for a while too, but it's like realistically, you know, relationships are a pure form of emotion, so it's like mm. if shit's hitting the fan, you seems an obvious thing to pull from. But that's very interesting the way the way you actually were describing me how how people go through emotions when they're writing music. I personally probably I've done in my in my career in my whole life probably I've done two songs that involves my my emotions. One of them happens to be a very very heavy dubstep track that I just released last month. It's called Wrath. Wrath, interesting. I'll have to check that out. It, I'll send you over the link. It's it has uh it was it has a um it's my first song that I've released with rock elements, and I've been trying to release this. Well, this track I just made it this this year, but the rock elements I've been tr I've, it's been bouncing from project to project because there hasn't been one project in which it fit it. And then when I started making the drops of this track in particular. It's like, hold on, let me just add the, my rock elements at it. And it just makes sense. And the reason why I did it is because I've always felt like people are telling me, like, you got to do this. You got to do that. This is how it does. This is how you do it. And I'm like, fuck, bro. Like, how about let me do what I want to do? And yeah, and, for sure. And this track itself just represents me as of like, I'm doing this shit. And I'm going to go hard as fuck out of it because this is this literally represents everything that I that I love about dubstep, that I love about rock, that I love about certain, and it represents me as of like I'm doing this on my own. Fuck everybody! Like let me just go insane with it. And then the other track was um, I'm doing I'm doing I'm thinking of doing a two track EP that's kind of called Hope, and the second track Despair. Oh, interesting. It has like yeah, so like a dichotomy kind of thing. Yeah, like you know you can either. There's two routes to life. You can, you know, be hopeful about it or you can be less hopeful about it, you know? And I'm just showing you, like, my two sides of the coin that I've been through. I've been I'm from some despairs and then I reached out to my hope and then now I'm, like, in the better place, you know? So that's, yeah, like, my yeah. my next project, you know? I, I just 
started making this, you know, the melody for this for hope. And I just started making the drop for despair. So it's like I'm very weird when it comes to making music. It's like I feel this is how I started that, you know, it just goes along with it. But how how's what's your creative process with making songs? Like, what do you go through it? Um, my creative process for making songs. So it really varies per song. Um but I find kind of getting yourself into a state of like not overthinking and bliss is like a good way to start. <laughs> um, so I guess my creative process. So I do a lot in audio. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't use like serum patches. Like I don't load up a serum good. and design my bass. Good. I have like a <laughs> an entire library of sounds I've just made over and over mm-hmm. o- over time. So it's all just audio. So it's like. Um, it's like my own personal sample pack, but it's like 14 gig and it's all stuff I've made. So I just drag that into the project. Um, these little bleeps and bloops, and then I'll I'll arrange those. And then I'll use MIDI to write, like write melodies and stuff over the top. Um, as for like what, when like the creative process itself has in like writing the song, um, again, just kind of coming from a place of not really overthinking it, um, writing, you know, the chord progression is usually a good place to start and then, you know, a melody and then you kind of figure that out. But um, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of varies per track. I don't really have a definitive thing I do. So I will, lyrics are usually close to that last thing I do. So I'll take it that you're you're heavy on the sound design now. Yeah, I love sound design. So as a, as a producer on your own personal opinion, do you believe that sound designing is a luxury or a necessity? I think so. I think presets are good for coming up with ideas, if that makes mm. sense. And I mean, hell, I've dragged an AU5 sample in or like something because it just fits a phrase and it's lazy. But I think as long as... Uh, but I, I do think it's insightful per, for producers to learn to make their own sounds just because I think it gives their songs a lot more identity. Like, sure, if you drag in a VR preset, you, you can make a song that's decent, maybe even like pretty good. But um, the reality of the matter is it's just going to sound like VR Britom number 496,298, <laughs> you know, like awesome. Right. Um, whereas if you design your own sounds from scratch, um, first of all, you learn a bunch of new techniques that you can use in the mixing stage of things. So it's like, oh, remember when I did that, you know, that, that 1000. So one of my favorite tricks, I call it the frequency shifter sandwich. Ooh. I frequency shift something up a thousand hertz, do a bunch of effects, especially stuff that fucks with the spectrum. And then I frequency shift it de- back down 1000 hertz. So the pitch and the phase of the sound is like exactly the same, but now we've done effects on it that get all warped and gross. So it's a fun trick. But um, had I not known how to sound design, um, I actually used that to repair a mix down. <laughs> Weirdly enough, it actually like fixed an element. <laughs> like I, I was like, I was doing OTT on it, like just straight up. And I was like, man, you know, this doesn't really sound good. So I did the frequency shifter sandwich and I put the OTT on it. And I was like, oh my God, this sounds good. What the fuck? Sounds good. Because it makes the effects a bit subtler, mm. but it's like not the phasiness of like, um, you know, turning down the mix level. It's like, it's a cool technique, but it's like, yeah, you just feel like you're better at production overall, I think, when you're doing the sound design stuff. And again, it's just an easy way to give your songs more identity, I guess. I agree. I agree. And I this is something that I can't stress enough. Like I tell all my listeners and my viewers is like, dude, you know, the best way to sound design and make your stuff unique? Resample. Resample your shit. Like resample anything. Like whatever. You know what? If you want to, if you like a preset that much, you want to do that virtual riot number 
volume 5,000. All right, go ahead and do it. But dude, make it fucking unique. Like, make it sound like it didn't came from fucking Virtual Riot's pack, you know? Make it sound like, holy crap, where the hell did this came from, you know? And that's yeah, the exactly. trick. And that's the trick because it's not that hard either. You're just basically playing around with the sound until you fuck it up to the point that it sounds amazing enough for you to like, oh my God, let me just layer this shit. Let me just chop it out. Let me just build it all shit, man. My technique is like probably like the most easiest technique to resample shit is like I do basic shapes um serum and whatever comes out of serum I just resample it into two free layers and once I sample two free layers one of them is just like the effects and the other one is the is where I slap portal in it and I love fucking portal and portal I don't I'm know mess with it. bro it's the best granulator synthesizer that I've ever touched in my life hands down Ooh. portal is like you drop any you drop polar to anything and you fuck with the with the presets and it's already like fucking up the sound itself that it sounds like what like what i mean my two songs like the song that just released last last month and the one that i'm working on right now came from portal sound like i basically did a resample as fuck and then i just slapped portal and boom it sounds fucking original and found it sounds in fact the best thing that I learned about from Josh is that he told me is like, if you're going to make your drops so cohesive, make sure that it comes for that one sound and do whatever the fuck you got to do. But do a bunch of layers, do a bunch of resamples and then build a drop out of it. Now you got like 20 different sounds, but it all came for that one sound. And when you actually write it down, it sounds very cohesive because it all came for that one sound, that one note that you just did, you know? And it's yeah, so, exactly. And I feel like that's the like that's all you gotta do, bro. And the beauty about resampling is that you'll never sound the same. You'll never sound like any other person because the way I resample is different from the way you resample, and the way you resample is different from our five's way of resampling shit. Like it's very different. We're never gonna we're we're never gonna cross. A time which like my way to resample is gonna sound like yours. Like it's 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 impossible because you do a lot of things and I do a lot of things, you know? That's why I tell people it's like, dude, resample, resample, fuck the presets, fuck about you know serum. Like, you know what? Grab a yeah. fucking sample pack, grab a sample with any fucking sample pack, like free or splice, buy it from splice, don't matter. Grab one sound that and then mess around with it. Like if you're in Ableton, just, it, yeah. just go with corpus, frequency shifters, LFOs. And any other shit, just reverb it, OTT, squish it, splash it, scratch it. Like, dude, it eventually it's going to come out to a point in which like you'll be like, what the fuck just happened? Like, this is next level. Like, nobody has this. So of course, nobody has it. Only you have it because you did it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think that kind of does go back very nicely to the virtual right presets thing. It's just kind of like, would you rather sound like someone else? Or, or here to put it put it simply, it's like when Virtual Riot does that when he uses his own patches and his presets, it's fucking impressive because it's like, whoa, that's Virtual Riot. Mm. He made all that. Whereas it's like the second someone tries to rip him off, it's like sounds like Virtual Riot. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, for example, if I were to go get a Virtual Riot sample and then be like, cool, this is in my tune now. It's like, okay, sounds like Virtual Riot. 
But um, if Virtual Riot was to go, actually, nah, he'd actually he'd kick my ass trying to make anything I, <laughs> I would make. So, in fact, he already has. Chroma is like everything I've ever wanted to make, but like ten times better. So, oh. whoops. Whoa. But um, <laughs> same deal. You know, I, I even saw a few comments that were like, "Sounds like Asora. Sounds like you know Rushdown or whatever." Mm. So it's like, yeah, bro. Be, like, moral of the story: be yourself. Be yourself. With Virtual Riot's a bit different because he's fucking cracked at everything. Bro, Virtuari itself is a god that was among humans. That's, I don't know what else can you explain about that guy. That guy is just like, what can you not do wrong? Because everything you do is like amazing. It's like shit. Like the whole album itself is like the most unique album I've ever heard in a, in a long time. You know? Yeah, it's super good. And the last, I mean, my favorite song was the one with, when he did with, with Mozart. That was like probably my favorite song of the entire album but everything else about the album like i of uh, the collaboration that he did with um what's her name uh nada uh, nadia is it nadia naduka or naduka? oh yeah thank you Nado, i think yeah something like, and she she's she's done plenty of work with au5 you know yeah for sure they're like a good dynamic duo yeah so it's like again like from from a lot of people that they always expect Virtual Riot to be doing like, oh, I want rhythm, I want rhythm, you know, and he always give them rhythm on every EP or every and every compilation. And this album just made it very unique. I mean, it's like, okay, I'll give you some rhythm, but here's some of the stuff that I want to fuck around. Here's some stuff that I want to do. And that's very important as an artist. Like you always have to evolve yourself. Like you, you don't necessarily have to stick with whatever people wants to do stuff that what made whatever makes you happy you know if that's what defines you that's what defines you and if in one point in your life do you decide like you know what just for the shakes and giggles out of it i'm gonna make another genre song just for the fuck of it why not i mean that's how you expand as an artist you know you figure out epiphanies in there that you can apply elsewhere like i think um it's a good example of where i learned something good i'm blanking i'm totally blanking with that Um, Yeah, actually, Clear Sky, you know, that ending piano is was fully sequenced by me. Um, and it sounds like it was played. And so that allowed me to experiment. I made that all the way back in March 2020. Like, Clear Sky has been pretty much done for a really long time. We just wanted to look for the right opportunity to release mm-hmm. it. And thankfully, you know, UKF was nice enough to let us put it out with them. And that was really nice. Um, but it was like, yeah, the, that ending piano bit, you know, it's not dubstep, like whatever, it's fucking piano. But um, I, I, the, the techniques of like, you know, velocity and slightly nudging a note a little bit to make it feel like it was played realistically. I now do that with leads and pads. And that led to the epiphany of waterfall that mm. blah, 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 blah. The whole, most of the drum bus is like shifted ever so slightly to the right. So it gives it that swingy. Like that kind of like pocket. So it's yeah. like, yeah, you know, if you don't mess around in these other genres, you're just kind of going to be stuck in one direction, I think. I agree, bro. I agree. And you know what? I'm I'm not mad about if you want to stick with that same genre, that's fine because a lot of people do stuck in that same genre. But if you ever want to evolve yourself as an artist and just not be labeled as like, oh, yeah, Wolfson is all is, all, is a dubs ahead. That's what he is. Like, no, I want to be known as Wolfson as the artist that he can yeah. do whatever he wants to do. And he just does it, you know? So For sure. 
And sometimes it's it's even harder because I it's funny that you say that about the UKF, you know, that they let you rele release that track, you know? It's funny because sometimes these labels, like I'm not saying disciple, I'm I'm speaking in general terms, you know, and sometimes these labels, yeah. they say like, nah, I, we kind of want you to do this and do that, you know, and you see that a lot more often. And that's why sometimes you don't have that privilege to release some of those tracks, you know, the way you want it. And you just rather do it independently, you know. Now, have you ever sure. had that experience before in which a label tells us like, you know what, we're not in it for this. We want you to, we prefer you do this. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a lot of labels try to take creative control over projects, mm. um, which Disciple luckily did not for Lumina. They were, they like took it as it was. I was really worried they were going to make me bump off a tune and kill the storytelling, but they didn't. That was really nice. Um, I think honestly, again, going back to what I was saying before about, you know, my goal in life is to get on this one label, you know, same thing. Fuck, fuck the labels, dude. Make what you want, you know, Ooh. like whatever, make the labels come sucking for you, dude. Like <laughs> whatever, like whatever, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, sure. Maybe if I really tried my hardest, I could make five really boring tropical house bangers with the four chords of doom mm. and pay seven grand for a vocal line, you know, and just make the perfect song and get it on monster cap. But will I be emotionally satisfied as an artist? No. I won't, <laughs> you know, and that's so whereas it's like if I make seven songs, I'm really proud of and get declined by Monster Cat definitely didn't happen. <laughs> then I whatever. At the end of the day, I have seven songs I was happy with. And now what do you know? You know, Monster Cat saw they were successful. And um, hopefully next time we shoot them demos, they'll they'll like it. I don't know. You know, it's like, you, you know, I moved on. They moved on. And it was like that was that. Um, and that's a lot more emotionally satisfying than engineering it to be perfectly confined <laughs> to the standards you know like fuck that dude it's your your art it's your music unless it's like an objective thing like oh the mix sounds like shit mm -hmm. but it's like you know from an artistic perspective you know you like it or you don't don't make me try and <laughs> change everything i like it that you're talking about this type of stuff ben because it it needs to be heard you know like not many artists do talk about this the the only few people that talk about this sort of stuff was probably you and Nitty Gritty. Everyone else, everyone else that I interview, they're all up and coming. So they haven't had that full experience. They only had certain experiences and some yeah. things that they, they weren't aware of. And that's where I guide them a little bit. It's like, well, just let you know, this is how they work. You know, this is how they do that, you know, but you and Nitty were spot on on that part, you know, and I'm I'm happy to hear that because at least you have a clear mind of what you want and you're not going to let any label to dictate you how your project works and how you're going to how you're going to proceed to your projects. It's like, no, this is how you you're going to release this or else go someone else. Like, no, it's like, all right, fuck you. I release it on my own. I'm happy with it, you know? And I like that mindset. Sure. That's how you're supposed to be. But it's very hard for some of these um up-and-comers to see that, you know? They don't see that because they just want to get recognized immediately by the first try, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I don't know. I I, I think I would always rather just be respected than steady. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, uh, I, I just, you know, I don't know. I make music. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. Yeah, bro. Like, I mean, if it doesn't make you happy, that's all that matters. Yeah, That's I mean, like, I don't know. I I would rather live in total obscurity than make music I'm, I don't like. You know what I mean? And uh, I've had a few of those experiences before where I've made that kind of engineered music, maybe mm. even had it do well, you know? But it was like, 
am I as emotionally satisfied with this one as a tune that has less plays, but is like better? <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I agree with you. And you know what? Let me tell you, this is one of those, you know, few reasons of why um, at a certain point in my career, I stopped making music altogether. I was on a hiatus. I should have not taken the hiatus when my career was literally about to start. But I did mm -hmm. it because um, for mental health reasons, you know, um, I was feeling pressure every day. Um, I was making ends meet. Um, I was working on a shitty ass job, you know working 12-hour shifts on the weekends, you know, and I wasn't happy with my life, you know. I was kind of lonely. Yeah. I lived by myself, and my, my head wasn't in the right place, you know. And I sh and then I decided, like, I'm going to take a hiatus. Like, I don't care if I don't start my career now, you know. Like, let me stop because if not, you know, who knows what, what may happen, you know. But I, I decided to stop and... Let me just focus, refocus my life, refocus on the stuff that I wanted to. And luckily, all the good things happened. Got a new job, in which I'm very happy and gives me the freedom and the liberty to do all the stuff that I'm doing right now. Podcasting, producing and working with others and whatnot. You know, uh, I'm 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 a good space right now. I'm doing the things that I love to do. Like, do it. I'm, you know, like I do a, lots of hobbies. I do a lot of hobbies. Like my favorite hobby is playing Yu-Gi-Oh, you know. I played that competitively yeah. and, you know, and it's all that stuff, all combination of all my happiness that it led me to let's go back again to make some music and start with the podcast game. And before you know it, I was just happy again. And now and now I'm like, holy shit, I just make one of the most ha I, I've never felt so happy and so accomplished in my life than the song that I released last last month. And. I didn't do that much promotion about it. I just let everybody know it's like, hey, you know, I'm releasing my first single in about two years that I haven't released anything. And you know what? It's crazy. I'm happy. I don't care whether the results are. It's all the way in Spotify and SoundCloud, like you name it. Like, and I'm super happy about it because it's like it felt me. That's the important thing. It felt me and no regrets about it. And I can't wait to release the next one. If if when if and when I finish it and the next two singles that I already had in my head, I was like, I want this project to look like this, you know. So now I'm I'm in a bad space, and you know, you you have to talk about this sort of stuff, you know, for everybody and let everybody know that you know, everybody deals with this type of pressure. Like, just do what makes you happy. Don't yeah, force yourself sure. of doing stuff just so you're pleasing others. Because that was one of my mistakes. I was placing the people and people were loving it. And they were like, oh, yeah, I want more. I want more. I want more. And it just puts a huge burden and pressure on you. That is just like, man, that's where I learned the hard way. It's like, dude, just do stuff that makes you happy. Fuck everyone else. You know, like who cares if this label doesn't doesn't want to release it? Who cares if this one are not interested? Who really cares? Are you happy with the results? That's it. That's, that's all you got to need. Do. That's all you need, you know, and and I commend you, you know, that you're 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 being an advocate about that stuff. And I, I love to hear you preach about this stuff more and more to anyone else that's near you or any person that comes up to you. And, you know, and they ask you because you guarantee there's a guarantee fact that when you start your tour, you're going to have fans and you're going to have fans that are big 
up and comers and they're going to ask you like the 20 questions. They're going to ask yeah, you. Yeah, no, I, I get, I got already gotten that at a few shows. It's like, yeah, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's a, it's a bit funny, you know, like I'll come off the stage, you know, I'll be chilling in the crowd and it's like, I've got my chest bumping. You got that like post show adrenaline or whatever. Yeah. Some guys are like, how'd you make the base at two minutes, six seconds in River Spirit? <laughs> 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 oh, do you want me to get out my laptop? Do a, do a little project breakdown. No, it's lovely. I'm, I'm I'm I love my fans. They're, they're, it's it's nice that people like respect the sound design that I I've been able to pull off and stuff. Yeah. It is just funny when it's just like the the last thing that's on my mind. Like, hey, hey, I love you, man. Your stuff is amazing. Like, oh, thank you. So, how did you did the sound design of this song? It's like, no, yeah. it was hilarious. It, like. The 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 guy. If you're listening to this kid, I love you. You're amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, it was like he just like listed this exact like timestamp. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? And now that is dedication. As dedication. You, you memorize. You went to a show. You, you you drove to the show. Went to the show. Uh, you know, I, I played through my whole set, and in your head, it's just like two oh six, two oh six. Remember the number. <laughs> 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 like, so remember this insane. question. This question. It has to be this guy. Like, right, repeat it yourself. Repeat it yourself. Yes. I, I remember it was two. I, I don't know if it was 206, but it was like, it was River Spirit. It, it must not have been 206. Let's we'll, we'll skip to 206. Uh, what, what happens at 206 in the song? No, because 206 is the breakdown. And so, yeah, it was, it was within the drops. Ah. But it was, yeah, it was like, <laughs> it was like a specific timestamp. Yeah. It's funny. Well, I mean, this is some of the stuff that people are going to come up to you, you know, they're like big or small people are, they're going to come up to you just like, how do you do this? How do you do that? You know, and, you know, you know, this is where the, 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 the small portion of the show where we're going to wrap this up, man. And we're going to ask you some of the cool questions in which you're going to answer some of these that I hope that your fans could actually get to listen to it. Like one of these questions um, as an up and coming producer, you know, you know that you, if you want to make it, you know what it takes. But if somebody invites you to go on a show, should you go ahead and go out and go on a show and party and do other shit or reject it kindly and say like, nah, man, I'm good. I'm stay, staying home and produce because I need this. What are your thoughts about that? What should you do? I think it depends. Um so what is it like? A, we're talking about just like a show that you're going to for shit randomly like that you're playing. It, well, it's more randomly. It's not. It's it's more of a like, hey, your friends are inviting you to go out, and you're like, uh, I kind of want to stay and produce, but sure, I'll go out, or maybe I shouldn't. Go oh out. yeah, I do think it requires a bit of discipline. I think um, keep, set yourself an amount of time that you're going to produce every day. And be like, like for me. It's two hours a day I have to produce. Uh, usually, I go, usually I go way over. Not gonna lie, just because I love it so much and I'm, I'm a loser. So I'm really getting invited to these things. So nah, it's easy for me. Nah, um, nah, but, don't, say um, don't say that. <laughs> it's true. But it's like, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think um, it's good to have fun and, you know, I live your life. You can't exactly be a disciplined robot. I mean, we're artists. Mm. You know, we, we take raw materials of our lives and we make it into art. So it's like, if you don't have that raw material, then whatever. But I mean, I think it just depends on your current situation. If you've been producing all week and you've, you know, your grind set's been going ham and someone invites you to go, you know, hang out, um, then yeah, of course, go do it. And uh, I also think it's good to set a maximum you're going to produce a day. Mm. Like for me, if I go over 10 hours, I'm like, no, <laughs> let, um, let me hang out. Let me be a human. <laughs> Uh, and I do hit 10 hours quite often. 
Um, I especially did before I had college. Now it's not as often, but uh, yeah, during the pandemic, I was going like 10, 11, 12, and I was experiencing a lot of burnout. I didn't really have those like life experiences that I could right. just regularly have. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I just, the short answer is depends on the context, depends how hard you've been working up until that point. That's actually like the best way I tell people is like, because the way you're saying you do two hours every day. Yeah, just about. I mean, I've kind of mentally set the minimum. Obviously, you know, if I'm playing a show like that kind of counts, doesn't it? <laughs> but um, but most days, you know, if it's just an average day, I, I at least I'm at least in the dog for about two hours. fucking around. That's well, it's funny you say that because I actually do that. I actually do spend. Well, I used to spend a lot more. Now it's more um, I'm focusing on my podcast and, you know, writing emails like crazy. But when I'm actually in my producer mode, every day I spend two hours. This is like I get out of work at five. I'm like, all right, from five to seven, I'm I'm in the door right now. No pun intended, yep. Wyatt. No pun intended. <laughs> in the door. In the door. <laughs> Gotta love Wyatt. Uh, shout out Wyatt. Shout out Wyatt. Um, I I have I'm trying, I'm trying my best to get him um, over to the show, but he also wants me on his show. It's like, oh shit. How are we gonna do this? <laughs> but collaboration. Yeah, collaboration. Um, but yeah, like do two hours, two hours every cons- consistently, two hours every day, and you'll feel satisfied. You'll feel satisfied because, like, all right, you reached the goal. Now you can go home and just chill or do whatever you want need to do. And you don't and you don't have to worry about like, oh, I had to do this, this and that for for my dad. It's like, no, you already did, you already did your work. Just come back next tomorrow and you're going to do it. And that kind of starts to get motivation out of you. And then just like Jules gets like, what's the word? Um, it, it it makes you go automatically every day. Like this is what I, you got to do. Every day, you know, you do it automatically every day. And then when you open the door, it's just like you just yep. write and that's it. You don't have. Yeah, you write from a visceral place where you don't even have to think about it after after a while, yeah. which sounds scary. But honestly, it's really nice. You know, I, I no longer have to think about how am I? <laughs> how do I do a high path? At this point, it's just like, just, like <laughs> just go. That's hacker, it. Hacker mode. And <laughs> yeah, I, I've finished like. Some of my best songs have been finished in like 18 hours. And I mean, and mm. I, I don't like I don't like tooting my own horn very often. Uh, I, I'm very humbled to have the success I do and the respect that I do in the scene. And I, that means a lot to me. But uh, realistically, you know, songs with thousands and thousands of automations only take me like 18 hours in the dawn now. The, the hard part for me now is like being able to produce faster than my ideas come. Or actually, other way around, being able to have ideas to produce that fast. Oh, shit. you know. Cause it's like usually when you're when you're slower, you know, when you're tuning your snare painfully, it's like right. while you're doing that, you have another idea. Whereas at this point, it's just like, okay, now what? Okay, now what? And uh, it becomes a bit strange pacing. But that's a place you want to be because yes. that means when you do have a definitive idea, you can just it out. Now, is th- is that the same way that you go about when you're working on collabs? Like you know, like when you say you're gonna work with Sharts, let's say like you already got something, or he reached you out. Like how, what, how does how's that work? You know, how does that creative process work when you're doing collabs? So yeah, usually one person has an idea, and then it's like, yo, I got this idea. Like you want stems, and then that's kind of how it how the Sharks collab happened. And then you know, we're good friends, so we would just sit and call, and then we just you know. 
he'd have the project and I'd backseat or, you know, we'd have long periods of time where he'd just like make the tune and then I would like give feedback, send over some stems in my product. Usually it ends up one person has like a hub project mm. and the other person's like bouncing ideas and stuff. I find that's the most effective way to collab because like if you got to export 47 stems back and forth. It's just like, bruh, <laughs> that's not fun. <laughs> Been there done that not fun bro that's like that's why it's like i tell everybody just switch to life bro just switch to everything it's much easier dude it's just god damn it with the fruity loops crap bro seriously i mean i'm in fruity loops so oh damn (laughs) this on me all you want (laughs) well lucky for you i know how to use fruity loops too okay so i got fruity loops well i'm learning ableton so suck that Oh, damn. Now we're going to Dog Wars, huh? Yeah, so, well, I'm actually no, because we both know each other's dogs. So, damn. So, we're good then. We're good then. I suppose so. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'll tell you this Life 11, dude, it's going to be the most user friendly dog that you've ever touched in your life. Hands yeah, down. messed around with it a bit. It's nice. And I love it how limitless it is when it comes to resampling like the whole warping s- section of 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 life is just like i found it that it's like the m- best way to easier to use than than the other does you know because i know fruity loops has its own method of doing uh, resampling with with waves and warping but it's just that with ableton is much more smoother and much more easier to understand and doing it you know like you you imme- you immediately will get hooked once you start fucking around with live 11 on on the on the resampling it's like guaranteed man oh heck yeah i'm i'm excited to mess around with it some more i'm still learning like the basics but my, one of my goals in 2022, here I am preaching against goal-based work. No, <laughs> um, but it's like, uh, one of my goals is to, well, this is a good, healthy goal to set. Finish a track in Ableton. That's one of my goals. And then I'll be content. No, I'm not going to be preaching. <laughs> but it's like sitting, um, yeah, I, I want to try and finish a tune in Ableton, like a full-blown one. And uh, that's going to be really hard for me because I know none of the shortcuts. I can barely sidechain. But uh, it's going to send me back into that childlike state where it's just like, what the fuck am I doing? And hopefully that'll spark some nice ideas. Well, if you ever need some Life 11 tutorials, then I'm your man because, you know, I'm I'm close to be an instructor for, for Life 11 whenever they reopen that crap again and go to San Diego to do it. But crazy, I'm, that's sick. I'm, I'm a pro. I'm 11. So, I mean, well, I'm a pro of Life Ableton completely. You know, I just... It's my go-to dog. Even even when I'm editing my podcast, even from my videos, I just slap the videos um, I'm able to and I just edit it out from there because I just know the shortcuts very fast and it's just much more effective like that. And then once I bounce it, it's just like, dude, that's it. I, I did it. I already met some master. I cut all the video parts. Now I just had to put the stuff in Premiere, slap the intro and outro, and then boom, up to YouTube and let's go. Yeah, and then you win. Bro, Ableton is the shit, I'm telling you. So Yeah. I'll have to mess with it some more. That'd be nice. Absolutely, cool figure man. Figure that out. Um, so do you want to start kind of wrapping up shop a bit? Yeah, we're gonna go and wrap this fence yeah. out, man. we I got you like three more questions and we can end it with that. Okay, man. Sounds uh, good. So my I think you answered this. Like in the I think in the first part of the interview, like the reason why 
Why Skybreak? Why the name Skybreak? So the name kind of cringy. Um, so the deer thing, obviously, I told you that meaning, you know, Lord yeah. of the Mountain, and it's like Spirit of the Wild. The name Skybreak itself, <laughs> I'll tell you the meaning that I call it now. Okay. Um, so the Skybreak, um, it's the divide between nature and technology, you know, the ever decreasing. Uh, and it can also mean like, you know, the sky is the limit. So we'd be breaking through that. You know, like, cool. Um, but if you want the real reason it's called that. Why? Uh, one of my favorite Minecraft YouTubers from the 2013-ish era was Sky Does Minecraft. And um, yeah, so I've been getting into the Monster Cat stuff and uh, Drop Tech is a really good drum and bass producer from Monster Cat. Oh, yeah. So uh, I was going to be Sky Tech, combining their two names. <laughs> I was like, that's really cringeworthy. Why don't you just be Sky Break? And I'm like, way better. So here we are, Boom. however many years later. Boom. There you go. So... What has been your greatest accomplishment up to now? Greatest accomplishment overall. Um, yeah. It's hard to compare, really. Um, again, kind of that thing about contentment and whatever. I think the biggest accomplishment is kind of what whatever the accumulation is. I think Skybreak as a whole has been my biggest accomplishment. You know, mm -hmm. all the DMs of people telling me, oh, clear sky like made my day or like made me feel better when I was down. Uh, or like, you know, my DJ DJs playing my music out or, you know, all that stuff, especially the people in people reaching out to me individually and saying my shit meant something to them. You know, I think that's my biggest accomplishment. It's easy to get, you know, blown away by the whole <clears throat> flashing lights and the I played this show and the dick measuring contest or whatever. But I mean, I think the reality <laughs> of the matter is like, you know. Uh, if you've touched, if you made one person's day ever so slightly better, you know, that's a good accomplishment. That, so that's great. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. That's good. Um, so what are you currently doing right now and what do you hope to accomplish by it? So I'm currently on a, on a Zoom call with a guy. We're doing a podcast right now. Boom, <laughs> boom, boom. Uh, Let the so record be I... horns. Let's go. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, but uh, what am I doing right now? Um, so a lot of stuff for the tour i'm redesigning i'm remaking a lot of my older songs like mm. stuff from like 2019 and 2020 uh with newer production value and i'm making like remixes and stuff um and live edits so i'm gonna try to make it an all original set uh for the tour and i'm also working on another ep uh i think i was going into the the uh, before it's like with the themes i was going over mm. um and that's nearly done. I'm going to be previewing a lot of that on the tour. So come to my shows, please. Yes. Please, please come to my shows. Yes. Um, but um, yeah, so that's going to be previewed for a bit. And um, yes, pretty much the EP and the live edits and stuff are the two main focuses. And then just trying to finish out the semester with um, it's about it. That's pretty though, man. It very, it's very cool because like... Uh, that's how I'm doing some of these projects that I'm right doing now. I'm just like re rehashing some of my old projects that I like never released or revisit them. And I was like, holy shit, let me just work on this and revamp it. And then when I revamp it, it's like, wow, okay, now we got something. So that's pretty cool. Now we got something good. Yeah. So we're going to wrap this up with this one final question. It is like the most important one for the show. So are you ready for this, man? Ready. All right, let's just say, let me take you to a story, man. Let's just say that you're right now walking towards the forest, man. And all of a sudden, Mother Nature at its best comes out in a deer form and comes to you and tells you, hey, sky break. 
we need your help. You're you're the only one who can help us. The world, the fate of the world rests in your hands. So please help us. But before you go, we don't know how long you're going to be helping us. Before you go, write down a piece of paper and write down free pieces of advice that you give to someone. What are those free pieces of advice? Pieces of advice. Um, find internal motivation to do stuff um, because that's going to make you more satisfied. Um, don't be a dickhead um, mm. to anyone, anyone mm. at all, uh, ever throughout your career, throughout your life or whatever. I, I mean, like you never know when you're going to see them again. So just be nice. <laughs> um, and I guess the third one would be free pieces of advice. This is hard. Crap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, don't compare yourself too much because everyone is on their own goal. Everyone's got their own aspirations. Everyone, nobody has the same past. No one has the same genetic makeup. So you know what? Just work towards whatever you like and anyone who has to tell you otherwise. Fuck off. Very, very good. And I and they're very, very hit home, you know, because this is something that needs to be said because I feel like not many people are like are doing it, bro. And this is exactly how you make and break careers, you know? Yeah, for sure. It could be like the most simplest advice, but tell you what, that simple advice can literally make or break your career because if you're a dick to anybody, nobody wants to work with you. Yeah, I mean, legit, like even if some kid hits you up and spams you, you know, you just ignore and block. I mean, like, because that is different than saying to this kid or even if they're coming from like a place of like good or bad intention, whatever it is, if you tell them, if you say anything to them, like fuck off or whatever, even more, especially when they're young mm -hmm. in seven years, if they grow up and they're an up and comer, I've even had this experience as on the receiving end of this, they're not going to see you the same way. Oh, um, like in the Skype era, I had a few, I would see my inspiration. So I would be like, Yo, oh my God, you know, like I love your shit or whatever. And they'd be like, haha, like fuck off or whatever. And it's like, so now oh. then I couldn't hear the music the same way. So now, now that I'm like at the same level as them, and I'm, I'm not going to name any names here, obviously, but it's like now that I'm at the same level as them, it's like, oh, there's the person who did that like seven yeah, years ago. Yeah, like, yeah. Very nice. <laughs> so um, don't be that guy. Be kind. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Give people compassion. You know, yeah. I think everyone could use more than that. And if the kids really coming from a place of bad intent or spamming or annoying you, ignoring and blocking is better than giving them a piece of your mind exactly. all the time. All yes. the time. Unless they're like stealing your music, then you know that's a, that's have a, at them. Yeah, that's a that's a different yeah. story. But that's yes, a different bro. story. Just humble yourself and just ignore it. Go on with your lives, man. You don't need this negative attention from you, man. Just like ignore it and bro like whatever it says in the comments like okay whatever don't in fact don't even read it just brush it off it's just like block or delete it like it ain't worth it ain't worth your time or energy to go back and forth with someone it's like it's not worth it bro it really yeah is. especially on the modern internet when all it yeah. takes is downloading light shot and hitting print screen and wham that is suddenly on someone's computer all the time yeah. which is scary but also it's like a bit of actually I'll, I'll conclude on that on this thought um one of my favorite animes is called Kino's Journey. I just started it recently. I got recommended it by one of my friends. And uh, in episode one, they go to a country where murder is fully legal. You can kill anyone at any time. Holy shit. And because of that, there is no crime at all. <laughs> so since anyone can murder someone and that, and that is okay and perfectly legal, 
nobody does everything. Everyone is overly kind. Everyone is overly cautious all the time. Holy and that's what the internet is like now <laughs> because of print screen and stuff, um, which is a benefit, which is a blessing and a curse because it yeah. means you're not going to get any sus DMs because all it takes is like a screenshot, but also you got to watch your mouth. So it's yeah. like a difficult battle to, to, to fight. But um, remember, it's always going on. So just be kind. Don't be an asshole. Or find a group of people you trust where you can let off steam. Yeah. But like, make sure yes. that they're yes. trustworthy. <laughs> yes, say that. Because a lot of times people just tuck out of turn at the wrong place at the wrong time. And let me tell you, I was the receiving end of that. That people were talking shit about me to people that I trust. And when the people yeah. that I trust come to me, it's like, yo, are you in beef with this certain person? I'm like, no, I'm, I barely talked to him. I was like, well, this guy told you he's like, fuck wolves and fuck that end guy. Like, I'm like, okay. Like, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what to tell you. Like, wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to relate this message to all my producer homies to let everybody know. It's like, hey, just so you know, this guy just told me to fuck off and I don't know what I did. So be careful when you're dealing with him. Exactly. Because there's just this. Ugh, I hate. This is another thing about the, about the industry that I hate. Is like there's so many snakes in it, man. There's so many sharks that no pun intended, bro. Um, that they're in it for each other. It's a feeding frenzy. Like they instead of like helping each other out to be better and get there at the same time. Like no, they they rather like eat each other out until one of them is like the superior apex predator. And I'm like, dude, there's literally enough food for everybody. Caring is sharing. Let's go. Like, nobody's stealing the spot, man. It's just... Yeah. I'm going to conclude with this. I had a really... A conversation with one of my friends. He's got this really toxic mindset. Mm. He was like, who's your favorite artist? Like, who's a big artist in EDM? And I don't know. I said, like, I don't know, Porter Robinson. You know, right. one of my favorites. Like, whatever. He goes, well, every second someone is listening to Porter Robinson, they could be listening to you. And I'm like, bro, who cares? Yeah. You know, Porter Robinson makes good music. Yeah. I make what I believe is decent music. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, like whatever, believe it or not, you can search for both. And if you start viewing shit as a competition, then it's like, come on. Yeah, bro. Like well, it's not worth it. Come on, bro. Like everybody can yeah, eat, dumb. you know, but yeah, man, but, um, yeah. I appreciate very much for having this conversation with you. um, Skybreak, man. Yeah, good stuff. Glad. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for coming in, man. It's really an honor and privilege for you to come over, man. Hopefully, sometime in the future, you could come over again and you can we can talk about how your tour went now and talk about some other stuff as well, man. Like we got, I bro, I I got more topics to talk about, but we're gonna wrap it up right here, man. So perfect. Thank, Sounds good. Thank you very much. Um, before we leave. Um, plug yourself out, let the people know where they can find you and what they can expect for you in the future. Go. Yeah, perfect. Um, so yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram under the handle um Skybreak EDM, Facebook, if people still use that. I'm also active on there. Um, be sure to join my Discord server. We do community events often. We'll probably do another one that um when's this coming out? Uh <laughs> probably Christmas. Christmas. Got yeah. you, perfect. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll be having some community events there soon. Um, SoundCloud and Spotify are where you can hear my music as well as basically anywhere. Just type in Skybreak. Yeah. I'll be the kid in the flannel. Yeah. The one I'm wearing right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, and um, yeah, just anywhere there. Um, be sure to catch me on tour um, with Dabin. Uh, yeah, I'm doing a three month boss tour with him and Roman Silver, and that's going to be very, very exciting. Um, going to a lot of places. And uh, yeah, keep on the lookout for some new music. It's coming soon. That's what's up, man. Thank you very much, um, Skybird, for coming to the show. You're a friend to the show. So whenever you come over, let's talk about the tour and other stuff, man. Thank you so much for coming in. Perfect. Man. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening. And remember, every week is a brand new episode with a brand new topic. So be sure to always like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast at YouTube, guys. That's right. You can follow me at youtube.com slash the Lone Wolf Podcast. But you can also follow me, the audio versions, at SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, you know? Comment down below. Let me hear your thoughts. Share your experiences, guys. And if you guys got a specific topic that you want me or you want Skybird to talk about, please let us know in the comments down below, and we'll try our best to cover it on the next episode. So thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you guys at the next one. Deuces. Take care. Goodbye. <laughs>